Welcome back to the Redefining Anger podcast. I'm your host, Kimberly Roy, a self-motivated force turned recovering perfectionist. After experiencing the traumatic and sudden loss of my father, turning to anger as a form of protection while living in a state of survival, and facing the wake-up call that I needed nearly two years later, I found community and began a journey of growth and deep internal healing. I'm on a mission to normalize feeling. I believe that getting quiet with yourself and really feeling what needs to be felt is the key to building a relationship of trust and self-respect with yourself. I created this space to vulnerably share my journey with you, how I'm learning to navigate life after loss, and how feeling alive and abundant is still possible. I believe in the power of sharing our stories, and my hope is that my story can empower you to navigate yours. I'm so glad you're here. Before we dive into today's episode, I've got something for you. Are you a female entrepreneur looking to grow your business while also maintaining your time and energy? I am a pitching professional that can help you do just that. My personalized approach is guaranteed to help you attract qualified clients that are aligned with your mission and values, build authentic relationships and connections in your business, and develop your authority as a thought leader and own your voice. Be seen. Expand your reach authentically. If you've been wanting to increase your visibility, don't wait. Reach out to me on Instagram at running on grit. That's at running dot on dot grit or by email running on grit at gmail.com without any periods running on grit at gmail.com. And let's have a conversation. I want to help you grow your business. Not sure if pitching is aligned with your business model. Let's have a conversation anyway, so we can determine that together. Let's co-create. Hello, and welcome back to the podcast. Okay, I'm coming in a little spicy today. So fair warning, Kim is a little spicy right now. Here's where I'm going to start with. I do not know who needs to hear this, but my message for today is that we are human beings. We are born with emotions. We do not learn emotions. We do not learn emotions at school as a child. We don't learn emotions from someone else. Emotions is not a learned behavior. We are literally born with emotions. And that is my message for you all today. So I was camping a couple of weeks ago. And I'm not going to go into too much detail here. But really, the moral of the story is, you know, my child, who is a toddler, um, was having some emotions, naturally, as we would call them, maybe some tantrums, right? And it was so evident to me that some of my family members were very uncomfortable with her emotions, And this is, it just struck me that 
these are the generational patterns that I am working so hard to break in my own parenting now. And this is no, you know, I really do want to preface this by saying this is not a hit at anybody. This is not a hit at any of the older generation. This is just we we know what we know and we don't know what we don't know. And as I am learning more and more every day through my healing journey, through my growth journey, and through my parenting journey, I am learning to parent in a more conscious way and to a more relationship-based way. And I am learning Everything I'm going to say today is, 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 has been learned. But now that I'm learning this, it is so clear to me when I see older generations will say, who don't know any better, really um, express their discomfort with others' emotions. And I would say the same is true for all of us, even myself, right? I mean, I still get uncomfortable with others' emotions. Like this is not something that is changed overnight by any means. Um, As I'm learning more about our bodies and how we are made up and I'm learning more, like I said, about more of like a conscious-based parenting uh, approach, it's, I mean, this is, you know, now this is like a relearning, right? So again, this is no hit at anybody. But what's really driving my message today is when we were at camp a couple of weeks ago, my daughter was having some tantrums. Others around us where I was really trying really hard to provide her the space to feel what she needed to feel because that is exactly what we need to do. We need to allow people and others and children, adults, all of us, we need to be able to feel what we need, what we need to feel. We need to process our emotions. Okay. And I'm going to explain that in a moment, but ultimately what was happening is there was discomfort with her emotions, the tantrum that she was having. And so there was rescue that was happening. Some, some, some people got in rescue mode of trying to rescue her from her emotions. Oh, let's give you what you want so that you stop crying kind of a thing. Or, you know, let's, um, let's try to change the situation to make you feel better so that you stop crying. And, what was happening here is it wasn't only let's rescue her from her own emotions. It's let's rescue myself from the discomfort I'm feeling from her emotions. And that is really ultimately what happens, right? So here's the thing. Historically, back in the day, our ancestors, we were just... We were not taught to feel our emotions. Way back in the day, years and years ago, we were in survival mode. We needed to be in survival mode to survive. That was our, that, that was what we had to do, literally. So back then, there was no feeling of emotions. There, so we were never, and, and of course, you know, this is, this is what happens is like we, we know what we know. We don't know what we don't know. So as the generations go on and as the years go on, we are literally taught 
from what we know, from, you know, from the generation before of what they know, right? So as we continue to evolve over time as beings, things have changed. We are no longer in a need to be in survival mode. We literally don't have to be in a fight or flight to protect ourselves um, to survive. So, but because that's just how we've been taught generation to generation to generation, we continue to kind of stay in that fight or flight. But today, in today's society, today's, you know, where we are today, present day, we are no longer meant to be in survival mode. Rather, we are meant to thrive. And in order to thrive, we literally need our emotions to thrive. We need to be able to feel them, to process them. Without doing that, we end up staying stuck and we are ultimately our own demise. So as a human being, we are, I mean, we're complicated beings, okay? Scientifically, we are complicated. There's so much to us mentally, emotionally, spiritually. There's just so, so much to us. And then there's, and then there's physically the way the body functions scientifically. I've not been educated on that, but here's what I do know. I just want to preface that, right? But here's what I do know. From a very young age, we have life experiences that form our very being. Okay. So, and even to this day, right? But it it happens from the second we are born, from the second we are born from the womb, we have life experiences that make up who we are. So, all of those life experiences, we take in every moment of every second of every day, we take in all of those moments and we attach a feeling to that. That is just by nature what we do. We attach a feeling to that. And that feeling and that experience is stored in our central nervous system. So, all right, I'm just going to kind of give you an example, just like a high-level example here. You take a child or, or anybody, it doesn't have to be a child, but I'm just going to use this as an example, a child. They're younger. Um, they have a, a bad experience with a dog. Maybe they have an encounter with a dog. The dog bites them um, or just even just, it, you know, something happens with the dog that instills fear in that child. Again, this could happen to you as an adult too, but ultimately I'm just using this as an example. There's fear. You attach now the emotion you're attaching to this experience with a dog is fear. That is stored in your central nervous system. So now going forward, anytime anything comes up about a dog, someone says dog, you go to someone's house who has a dog, even if that dog is a well-behaved dog and there's nothing wrong with the dog or anything like that, that child or that person, whoever, is going to instinctively fear the dog because of their prior experience. And now that feeling, that emotion is stored in the central nervous system. On the contrary, 
you take another child or human or, you know, adult, whatever, who has a really positive experience with dog, who has never had any kind of a negative experience with a dog and, 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 you know, maybe they're an animal person, they love dogs. Well, their emotion that they're going to attach to dog, the, the, the word dog and just to dogs and just and any, you know, future experiences with dogs is going to be more of a pleasant experience, right? Happy, joy, loving. Those are the feelings that are now stored in that central nervous system about dogs. So you could take all, again, all of our life experiences from the second we are born, we attach meaning to it. We attach a feeling to it. And those feelings are stored inside of our central nervous system. That is literally just what happens scientifically that is literally what happens so even from like you know when from like what is it newborn to like three four years old before we can really start recalling experiences to memory a lot of stuff is stored in our subconscious right so you know when you're a child maybe you're you know you're um crying for whatever reason and now your parent is um I don't know doing something else doing the dishes doing some laundry cooking tending to a sibling whatever the case may be and you're left crying you may attach a feeling to that that your parent is too busy for you right and again this is nothing against the parent it's just instinctively by nature this is what we do we just form attachments we form feelings to our life experiences and um and and again all of this is stored in our central nervous system so over time we have all of these experiences um that are stored inside that are attached to these feelings these emotions and it's ultimately like what we call a body memory, right? It's just stored in our memory, stored in our body. So now going forward, okay, so going back to the example of, you know, you know, the, the child who's crying and the parent is too busy to attend to them. They may attach a feeling of my parent is too busy to tend to me, you know, and then there might be feelings of not enoughness that's attached to that, Right. Feelings of I'm not enough. I'm not enough for my parent to want to care for me. So now going forward, fast forward into the future, we can grow up with feelings of not being enough. And and I'm using that one as an example because so often very many of us do have those limiting beliefs of I'm not enough. And the, this you know, starts again from a very, very, very young age. And again, it's not to necessarily the parents, you know, this is not to to pass blame on the parent here, okay? Because as parents, we do the best that we can with what we know. And over time, the generations evolve and we parent differently. Um, okay. So I mentioned a couple of episodes ago, I kind of spoke about uh, a trigger. So a trigger is a body memory, okay? So again, all of these feelings, these experiences are stored in our body, body memory, it's a trigger. Triggers 
shape our emotions, behaviors, and interactions with others. Okay. So fast forward, I'm having, you know, like, let's say I have these limiting beliefs of not enoughness or something like that. Okay. And I'm, I have another experience now as an adult. Um, and I get triggered. And by that, what I mean is I now have uncomfortable feelings and emotions about the moment or about the experience that's happening. So I get triggered. That is a body memory because it's pulling from my central nervous system a prior experience or emotion that was stored in my body with that same feeling or that same emotion attached to it. Okay. These triggers happen. This is natural. And these triggers are also an opportunity to learn from them and to heal an emotion that was previously left unprocessed. So this goes back to what I was saying at the beginning, how important it is to allow ourselves to feel what we need to feel and to process the emotions that we need to process because otherwise they do end up staying stored inside of our central nervous system. So now go back to a child who's having a tantrum and you're incredibly uncomfortable with that emotion. They're crying, they're kicking, they're screaming. They're clearly having a hard time emotionally with whatever that, that moment is for them or that life experience is for them. And now you're very uncomfortable with that. Your discomfort there is a trigger. And the reason is probably because when you were a child, having a tantrum or having a hard time emotionally, you were dismissed or you were cut off from fully feeling what you needed to feel in that moment. And and perhaps you stored that moment, that life experience, you attach the feeling of it's I'm bad or I'm too much or I'm too emotional or I'm too sensitive or I'm, you know, not good enough, whatever that is, right? So now what happens, you're triggered from that, those, that child's emotions. So you're now trying to rescue, you rescue your belief is that you're rescuing the child from their emotions by trying to make them feel better. Oh, just give them what they want to shut them up. Oh, you know, let's just, you know, try to change the situation so that they can feel better. But ultimately what's happening is you are trying to rescue yourself from the discomfort that you're feeling with their emotion. And again, this goes back to, again, historically how we were never taught to actually feel our emotions. So it is, it is incredibly foreign to us. This is something that we now need to learn because again, we are no longer in survival mode. We no longer have to be in survival mode. We as humans now are meant to thrive. Okay. So again, we don't know what we don't know, right? But that's ultimately what happens is when you try to rescue that child from their feelings or their emotions, ultimately what you're doing is you're rescuing yourself from the discomfort of your own feelings in that moment because you're triggered. So what's happening, the cycle repeats itself. 
if you now try to come to that child's rescue, okay, I'll give you an example. My kid wants a piece of chocolate and I say, oh, not before dinner, right? Well, she's upset. She's not getting what she wants. Naturally, she's going to react to that. And because as a toddler, she has not formed enough life experiences to really be able to, I don't want to say, yeah, I guess control her own feelings or her own emotions. She doesn't know how to process them. And I mean, quite frankly, even as adults now, we don't even, we don't even fucking know how to do it either. But here, okay, I'm just trying to make a point here. So she's upset. Okay. Chocolate. She wants chocolate. I say no. She's upset. She's having a tantrum. I'm going to get uncomfortable with that because when I was a child, it was taboo for me to also have those big emotions because my parents also did not know any better because they weren't taught to feel from their parents, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. The generational patterns. Okay. So it is up to me in that moment to sit with my own discomfort of her feelings and allow her to feel what she needs to feel in that moment. Because if I now try to stop her, if I try to cut off her emotion that she's having because I'm quote unquote trying to come to her rescue, make her feel better, but really ultimately what's happening is I'm trying to make myself feel better because I'm so uncomfortable with her tantrum. But if I try to come to her rescue and say, okay, fine, you can have a piece of chocolate. Well, number one, now I'm not holding my own boundary with her, which is a whole other topic. But back to the point here, I, you know, I say, oh, okay, fine, you can have that piece of chocolate. Or maybe I don't give in to that boundary, but I still try to cut off her emotion by giving her something else that I think might make her feel better. Oh, how about, how about we watch some TV before dinner? How about we put on some cartoons or how about, you know, I can't give you a piece of chocolate, but maybe I'll give you some chocolate milk or I don't know, just, you know, whatever. Right. So maybe it's, I'm not giving into my boundary, but maybe I'm like trying to replace it with something else that I think might make her feel better. Because again, I'm trying to cut off that emotion because there's so much discomfort there. What happens when I do that? is now I'm cutting off that emotion. So she is not completely feeling what she needs to feel. She is not completely processing that emotion. So what happens is that emotion stays stuck in her central nervous system. It stays stuck in her body. So now that life experience for her whatever meaning or whatever feeling she attaches to that moment, she is learning that it is not okay for her to have that emotion. That she's learning that, or I mean, she could also be learning, hey, if I have a tantrum, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get what I want so that the tantrums keep on going. So again, that's a whole other situation. That's a whole other topic. But ultimately, she's also learning that, oh, my feelings made my mom so uncomfortable that, you know, like it's so the more we cut off those emotions, the more they learn that it's not okay to feel them. And that's what's happened to us. That's what happened to us when we were kids. That's what happened to our parents when they were kids. This, the, this is the generational patterns that I'm talking about. Okay. And so I'm cutting off that emotion. So now that life experience, that moment 
is a trigger. It's stored in her body. And it's left unprocessed. So fast forward, something else happens to her when she's older or whatever, and it may bring up that moment, whatever meaning, whatever feeling she attached to that moment, it's going to resurface for her again later on, and it'll be a trigger for her. Maybe when she's older and she has a kid who's crying and she's uncomfortable with it. So there is so much importance to feeling what we need to feel, not only to heal from our own bullshit and our own trauma and whatever trauma it is we're carrying. And by trauma, I mean literally all of these life experiences that we have stored in our central nervous system as a body memory that we've attached a quote unquote negative feeling or negative emotion to. Side note also, there really is no such thing as a positive or a negative emotion. Emotions are neutral. So going back to what I was saying at the beginning, we are humans. We are born with emotions. It is a part of who we are. So anger, sadness, happy, joy. Yes, some of these feelings feel way better than other feelings. But ultimately, at the end of the day, emotions are neutral. Okay? So I do want to put that out there. But we also know that you know, some of these emotions, some of these feelings feel better to feel and others don't feel so good to feel. And so what happens when we are triggered, we are uncomfortable with that quote unquote negative emotion that we're feeling. So we end up passing blame on others. The blame is a defense mechanism because we are defending against our own feeling that we're feeling in that moment. So if something happens to me and I feel anger, instinctively, I'm going to blame whoever else is involved in that situation for the anger that I'm feeling. Oh, I'm feeling this way because of so-and-so, or I'm feeling this way because of this situation. But really what's happening is it's not even that person and it's not even that situation that's causing the blame, uh, excuse me, that's causing the anger. That anger was already stored in my body, in my central nervous system as a body memory from a prior life experience, and now it's resurfacing as a trigger. So it's my so the thing now that I would need to do is not blame that person, but rather, okay, recognize that I'm triggered in that moment. And allow myself to learn from that moment, to understand the trigger, understand where that anger may be coming from internally, because it's coming from the inside. It's not the external circumstance that caused it. And it's an opportunity to heal that emotion, that anger that was left unprocessed. But if we continue the cycle of blaming and we continue the cycle of rescuing, okay, going back to, oh, I need to stop that child from having this emotion because I'm feeling incredibly uncomfortable right now, that's codependence. Codependence is when you need someone else to change in order for you to feel better. So, okay, that's the child example. Going back to my current most recent example here of anger, okay, something happens, I feel anger. I'm passing blame on the external circumstance. So with that blame, I'm also really wanting that other person or that situation to change 
in order for me to feel better, in order for me not to feel that anger anymore. But it's not on that other person to make me feel better. It's up to myself to make me feel better. And to feel better, I need to process that emotion. I need to feel that emotion. But the more we blame and the more we pass it on to someone else, the less we feel, the less we process, the more those emotions remain unprocessed in our body, right? The more we push them down, the more they remain unprocessed in our body, the more we continue to just get triggered and feel like fucking shit. And so when I say that today, current day, present day, now, the way the world turns, as the world turns, we as human beings, we are meant to thrive. And we cannot actually thrive without our emotions. We need to be able to feel our emotions and process our emotions to feel better right? So anger comes up. I'm triggered. I need to, I need to figure out what that is about. Take the opportunity to heal that anger, to process it and heal from it so that I can get to the other side and feel better so that the next time a situation happens, I'm not as triggered. Okay. So this goes back to starting with our children, We need to be able to allow our children to feel what they need to feel and to process those emotions so that they don't grow up learning that their emotions are taboo or their quote unquote negative feelings are bad or that they're too sensitive or that they're too emotional or that they're too much so that we can continue to heal future generations and so that we can pass on new patterns so that future generations can thrive and get out of this survival mode. Because every time we are triggered and we just continue to suppress our feelings and not process them because they're so uncomfortable to us, our body remains in fight or flight. That adds so much stress to your body and that fight or flight is that survival mode. So in order to thrive, our bodies really need to be in rest and digest. The only time that our body should be in a fight or flight situation is literally in like a moment of life or death, literally. But again, we're not living in the olden days anymore. We don't need to survive. We don't need to be in survival mode to literally live. It's we're no longer in a life or death situation. We need to be able to thrive. And so guys, the the point here in all of this is that we are not our emotions, okay? So when you think of yourself as a whole, okay, like self, self, I, self, there are many, many, many parts that make up the self, okay? So we, the parts that make up the self, for example, we have a body, we have a brain, we have thoughts and beliefs, we have feelings. These are all parts of us that make up the self. We each have these parts, but we are not these parts. Rather, we have a relationship with these parts. Okay? So again, I really want to drill home here the fact that we are not our emotions. 
So when you are feeling like you're not enough or you're feeling like you're too much or you're feeling whatever it is those limiting beliefs are, know that that is not instinctively who you are. It's not. But it is an opportunity to learn and to process those emotions and those feelings to get to the other side and thrive. Okay, that's what I've got for you today. If I dropped some bombs in there that left you feeling like, oh, right? If there's any ahas or takeaways, I really would love to hear it. I want to know if I want to know if it was helpful. I want to know if what I'm talking about is um, inspirational, if it's, you know, enlightening. I want to know. And on the contrary, I want to know if it's not too, right? I want to know what you need and what value that you want from this platform. So reach out to me on Instagram at running on grit. That's at running.on.grit and let me know. And also, if you're walking away from this episode or any other episode, uh, feeling good about it or learning something new or just, again, if there's value that you're walking away with, an aha moment, anything like that, if you're enjoying, if you're a frequent listener and you haven't already done so, please take the time to rate and review, leave a review, rate and leave a review for my show on whatever platform it is you're watching from or listening from, I should say. Um, because it really helps to continue to grow my show and to get it in front of others who may also need from it, need it and benefit from it. All right. Much love to you all. Have a beautiful day. Thank you so much for being here and for listening to another episode of Redefining Anger. If this resonated with you in any way, I would be so grateful if you would share this episode or the podcast with a friend, a family member, anyone that you believe may benefit from it also. If you want to stay connected, you can find me on Instagram at runningongrit at running.on.grit and follow along my journey. Do you have a story to share? A voice that's aching to be heard? Send me a DM and let's get a conversation going. My information can also be found in the show notes. I look forward to connecting with you.